Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins here. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offred all. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Tom Dick Rito. Don Nottingham. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Doug Kruzan from the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician, Briscoe. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shula, and I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Join us now as we talk Dolphin football or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello. I will be joined alongside uh, Rich Van Zandt shortly. As the Miami Dolphins now uh, bring their record of 5-7 and seven with their most decisive victory of the season over the Denver Broncos, 35-9. Say what? 35-9? The Dolphins are capable of beating a team like that? You know, it's funny because as the game went on, uh, you know, it seemed like they weren't going to put the game away, but uh, they were able to do it, uh, some key turnovers, and uh, they just turned it on in the fourth quarter. Jay Cutler uh, was able to uh, basically do the job. I mean, there was a couple of mistakes here and there, which we'll we'll point out, and I think that there's still uh, some factors that good teams will exploit, but uh, nonetheless, uh, their best win of the year uh, in in a home game. Uh, and uh, a Denver Broncos team that certainly has problems of their own, so we won't overlook that. But uh, it, it, it breaks a five-game losing streak for the Miami Dolphins, and it puts them, I guess, back in a position where, as funny as this is, you see them back in the hunt on the playoff picture scenarios and gives them a little bit more, uh, I guess, I don't know if credibility is the word, but it certainly... Uh, lifts them from the doldrums that was starting to overtake this uh, team this year. They have a very tough schedule, as me and Richard pointed out. This was one of the games that we said was probably a winnable one. But as four games remain right now, uh, who knows? You have the Patriots and the big Sunday night game next week. Now that's a game that you wouldn't think they would win. Uh, but we'll we'll see. But after that, you have the Bills twice and the Chiefs once. And the Chiefs obviously have not been playing good football. They just lost to the New York Jets. So uh, we'll see. I mean, is that the Chiefs team that you're going to see in three weeks? I don't know. Buffalo Bills, they show that they're what they've been. Honestly, they show that they're, you know, the team that competes for the second best team in this division, but they're not great. They're equal to the Dolphins, I guess. Do you do you get a split out of that? I, I don't know. I mean, they really haven't played the Buffalo Bills well, even when they've been playing well. Uh, you know, so it, it's one of those things where you're just going to have to wait and see. Um, there's four games remaining, and whatever they do in these four games, I guess, will dictate, you know, the kind of season that they're going to finish with. Uh, you know, even if they basically win three of the four, uh, let's you know, let's not kid ourselves here at, at what you're looking at, um, you know, playoff-wise and, and, and whatnot. Uh, not going to be an easy task. I mean, at 5-7, uh, and seven, uh, you know, 8-8, eight and eight, winning 3 out of 4, not going to cut anything. And it was, winning out is also not a guarantee to get to 9. So, 
in actuality, the playoff scenarios and stuff, even if they were to get on a run, are, are really slim pickings at best. And uh, But I still think that beating this team like that um, stops the bleeding for a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of problems in the NFL right now, and there's a lot of teams going through some, some major uh, battles. So it is what it is, uh, and, and that's the spin on it. And, of course, you'll hear uh, the other perspective on it. Uh, right now as we welcome uh, Rich to the show. Rich, you know, listen, I know there's plenty of things, you, you know, negative that you're going to say about it, and I understand that, and the Denver Broncos are not a very good football team at times, and, and Simeon, you know, played lousy, and, and it is what it is, but you win 35-9. to nine, It's certainly refreshing next to the five-game losing streak that we just had it indoor. Yeah, it's nice to know that we're not the worst team in football. That's, you know, that's definitely, you can't argue that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's and, a good and tell you point. It, you tell you how Vance Joseph took this Super Bowl defense and turned it into garbage in a year is amazing, right? I don't know if that's fair. I don't think the Denver Broncos Super Bowl defense was there last year at all. I think that that was the problem that you see in the Denver Broncos really on a slide. Um, I, I really don't think that's a fair statement to put on him. Denver they were Broncos much better with, before he got there, and he was and our defense was in tathers with him last year too, you know? We were, remember how shocked we were when he got this job? Yeah, I'm not. Listen, I'm not the biggest Vance Joseph proponent. I'm not saying that, but I don't think it's fair to say like he's. I think the Denver Broncos have been on a slow slide, you know, since their Super Bowls. They are they're not anywhere near the same team that they were. And uh, you know, I, when you look at their their overall team and even the way that it was last year, I, I don't think it was anything special. I don't think that defense even sniffed what it was, you know, when they went to the two Super Bowls, you know, I, I think it's certainly in a diminished capacity. I don't know if I'm going to blame Vance Joseph taking the head coaching job of destroying the defense. I wouldn't think he even has as much to do with it as you think he might, because you know how it is when these coordinators take the head coaching job. I mean, they don't really concentrate on what they, what they did as a coordinator, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the way it goes, you know. Yeah, but you know, I just see there's a there's a big down. You know, that defense got a lot worse in a year. There's you can't argue that. In a year or or in in three years because since like he's I been said, there, I think they were, he's only been there yeah. this year. It got worse since last year. That defense was good, and they were still picked to do something this year, as bad as they were. I don't see it. I mean, we both know that their problem goes behind center. I mean, that's their major problem there. And I think what oh, happens is you have big a, issue. Big yeah, issue. and then you have you have a defense that has to, you know, I guess, hold the ship down. I think they've had some injuries. Uh, you know, guys have gotten older. Um, it is what it is. I mean, I just I just don't think that they were, you know, you said they were projected to do something. I don't know. I see them on a, on a decline, and I don't really see, you know, any spurt this year. But that's neither here nor there. As far as the Dolphins are concerned, they've played plenty of inferior teams. And haven't been able oh, they, to do anything. Yeah, there's no question. You know, there's so, no question. I don't even but, look you know, at the opponent anymore. No, well, you know, listen, we capitalized on turnovers yesterday. I think that was a big part of it. You know, as bad as the other team was playing, we played some bad teams this year and couldn't get turnovers. Not only did we get turnovers, we capitalized on most of them. 
Yeah, well, I said that turnovers, to me, are the main reason from the difference from last year to this year. You haven't gotten them, and you haven't really capitalized on them. You know, last year you you had so many turnovers that ended in points. Well, through our losing streak, too, we've been awful with, with, with sacking the quarterback. And yesterday we didn't really get too many either. But but we've been really inept since bro, the first few weeks of the season, really. You know, yeah. we haven't been putting pressure on a quarterback whatsoever. We were just well, lucky you know, yesterday we were playing a bum, you know. You know how I feel about the defensive line. And, uh, you know, I, I yeah. obviously think it's very overrated. And we haven't had we haven't had a good pass rush in I don't know how long. And I'm never confident no. on the pass rush. I think that's a major problem with the defense. Um, but, but yeah, and, you know, they, they did some good things yesterday besides the pass rush. And, uh you know, the book's still out. The one thing I'll say is, you know, I don't think you give Howard enough of a chance. He's a young kid, and obviously having the two interceptions and the pick six there shows that he is capable of doing some pretty good things. Uh, there's a lot of older guys. Yeah, He's a young guy, though. I mean, he's a young corner. And, you know, it takes a little bit of time. I'm not ready to write him off. I think that that guy could be one of, you know, one of the bright spots for the future. So he, I don't see him as a problem. What I do see, I've seen last year, I've seen Kiko Alonso have some real big plays, some big turnovers and stuff like that. I don't see that as much this year. He's, I'll give you, he's having a, a rough year, and he's been exposed in, in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, but when I look at the whole, you know, scenario in that secondary, you know, I, I, that's the one guy that maybe, you know, can show a little bit of something. Um, it seems like uh, the uh, the linebackers, you know, um, and, and again, we're coming off a 35-9 victory, so I don't want to criticize it too much because the defense did play very well in that game. I mean, they had a lot of opportunities that uh, the Denver Broncos weren't able to do anything with, so I, I give you that. I mean, you know, it, it is – it is Trevor Simeon, you know. Um, so it, sometimes they helped us out, but the defense did play yeah. fairly well for that, you know. But again, you know, you look ahead in the cannon in the chamber, and you know, good. the New England Patriots. What's that? No, that could you know. Look, we have th- this team has about a two percent chance to make the playoffs. I mean, if they win out, I, I think it's probably. They have a forty percent chance. I mean, you think about it. The one, the, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars have eight wins already, and in, in, you know, locked in a wild card spot. So you figure, even if they tank and only win two more, they got one of those locked up, right? Ten gets right. you in, I would think. And I think the other team is the Ravens, and I think they have seven wins already. So it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look pretty. I mean, I don't think nine gets you in anyway, but you know, certainly eight, eight you have no chance. I don't think this yeah, is even going to be. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's fine. You know, seven and five, like you said, the Ravens are seven and five. No, what does that mean? Does that mean they're getting to nine? Not necessarily. They probably will, but you know, they're an inconsistent team too. So, but well, yeah, look at all the teams ahead of us too. You're, you're forgetting the hunt. We're in the bottom of the hunt, and there's like yeah, well, six teams Richard ahead just, of us in the hunt. Yeah, you, know? you just had a five-game losing streak, though. My point is, I you understand. were completely yeah. abysmal. I mean, this yeah. is, at well, least you, know, you like... Well, the five and seven in the hunt is is basically, it's like a favor almost. Like, yeah, you go, I got you, know? you. I got you. I'm not looking for this team to make the playoffs. I, you know, I got like you. One of, those kids, one of those kids that has to go to summer school, he's in the hunt or not going at the end, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, what I would like, I would like, as I've said all year, at this point, I'd like to finish second in this division. 
I mean, and that's a small moral victory. That's what I would like to do. And you yeah. have it in your own. Well, and that, it's certainly in your own hands. You have play to beat Buffalo them, twice. You have to beat them. You have to beat them twice. That's how you You'll do beat that. Them twice. You have You're playing them. Twice. You got it in your own hands, so you beat them twice. You know, yeah. I mean, the Jets obviously go in stride for stride with us. I think that that will come to an end in the next four games. They're going to sputter more. But like you said, I listen, I don't know. I can see them winning three out of four. I could see them losing three out of four. And I so also I don't, see them getting embarrassed on Sunday night and just packing it in it, too. You know? Losing all four, you're saying? <laughs> or, or three yeah. out of them, you know? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I can't right. predict I mean, that they, either. They get humiliated Sunday night. Do you really think they come back to play the next week? Uh, no, but, I mean, they, they just got humiliated the week before this against the Patriots. So, you know, yeah. I mean, they did, right? I know, but home, national game again, they get humiliated, they come back and play, come what, back play to, hard the next to, game. Yeah, probably not. I don't see it. No, I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, probably not. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, as far as uh, as far as losing all, you know, the games remaining, you know, that remains to be seen. I don't know. I mean, this is their best victory of the year. I'm not taking it to extremes by any stretch. I'm not saying they're winning out. I'm not even close. You know, like I said, I could see them losing three out of the next four if that's the case. You know, I mean, I could also see them trickling off a couple wins. The problem is you play the Patriots next, like you're saying, and I don't think that's great. You know, you'd rather get a couple of these teams first, probably, to see if you could get a couple wins here or there, but um, but you're not going to have that opportunity. So, it, it, well, it, I, think, I, think I, I agree with you. I agree with you one thing, like, the, the way they're playing right now, I mean, isn't it time to put Carew in there and bench Parker a little bit? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I've said all along, like, you know, I don't understand sometimes the mindset because if this is what you're getting, and you might as well see what other guys can do in a sense because if you, you know, if you don't make any moves, you're going to find yourself in an off season with what ifs, you know, and there's no sense to that. I'm not saying that you're you throw in the towel and you bench guy and do everything, but when you have guys like you know, you point out Carew, and I agree with you. This is a guy you drafted pretty high. You made trades to get him. You know, uh, at at a, at a certain point now. You really have to see what he is and what if you want him or you don't want him. And you're not going to well, do that. The per- by here's the perfect example, right? Perfect example. This game was out of touch yesterday, right? Parker was horrible anyhow, but it was out yeah. of touch. So, like, what's wrong with, like, playing him instead of Parker in the second or third quarter, right? I don't think anything. I think it's the right move, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I, I, even I think... if you bench Parker, you don't have to bury the guy, but, like, bench him for a quarter, bench him for his, a few series and see what this other guy's got, you know? Yeah. Because if yeah. not, you're you're basically going to go into year three with a guy that you have no idea what he's got. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and I don't want to hear, like, you know, you hear all the time, well, they've seen something in practice. I don't care about that because there's plenty of guys who do not perform in practice well and all of a sudden get their chance and do stuff. Now, it's not like Carew's never played. He's played. I mean, he you know, he's played here and there. I mean, he's caught some really nice touchdown passes, and he's also done nothing on the field. So, you know, you don't know. But like you said, I would like to see him, and this is just one guy, you know, I'd like to see him in a more consistent role for a little bit and see if there's anything there that maybe, you know, they missed. 
and you know, and kind of go from there. Um, Depth-wise, I I don't know, you know, what else you have except, you know, the offensive line looks like there's a couple guys maybe that that fit in there now that you, you maybe can see some bright spots at like you know, um, at, at certain positions. Uh, so. You know, uh, you know what I'm saying there. Like that's something that I would like to, to at the very least, um, you know, consider. And, and it seems like injuries have forced it. But um, you know, uh, regardless, you know, if that's if that's what it is, then that's what it is. You know, I mean, you have, you know, some new guys that have come in and 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 seem like they've played fairly well on the line, right? You know, yeah, there's there's definitely our backups are better than they have been, but we still have issues there. Yeah, there's definitely yeah, issues there. Even though we had 120-yard right? rushers, there's still issues there. Jesse it, Davis, you know, is that one of the guys, you know, right? Puzzle that's... played better better than usual yesterday. you got to give him credit. He played better than usual. No yeah, big mistakes. I mean, you know? No, I, I guess you're right. I mean, problem now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we, we well, still have guard. We have guard problems, and we may have a right tackle problem because even when James comes back next year, if if he doesn't step it up to where he used to be, that's a big issue. Well, that's kind of where I was talking about. Like I thought his replacement did pretty well, right, Ed Davis? Right? I, I thought he looked pretty good. That's what I'm saying. The kid from Idaho, right. Jesse Davis, right? I thought he okay. did pretty good. So uh, that's well, what I'm guard. saying. No, it, isn't, isn't James at the tackle? The right tackle? Uh, who played tackle? I'm sorry, he's out for the year. Who's our right tackle that's out for the year? That's who I'm talking about, not the guard. Juwani James. Juwani James, he's out for the year, right? Yeah, it looks like he's out for the year. And that's why I said I thought no, he was he's out. He's been out for a while. He's out for the year. Right. That's our right tackle, not a right guard. The guy that stepped in was a guard. No, I said we may have a right – you misunderstand what I said. I said we may have a right tackle problem – if he doesn't come back next year to play like he was playing prior to this year. I understand you know, he that. Hurt, I heard you. He regressed, and I'm saying, that's what I was saying. Yeah, you I heard you. mentioned guard. No, I didn't mention guard. You're mentioning guard. I'm telling you, the guy who replaced Jawani James, I thought has been playing very well at tackle. Okay, yeah, but that, that's not the – that's not the, you got the guy's name wrong. The guy that you mentioned was a guard. That's what, that's what confused me. Okay, well, the guy from the Idaho guy that, was a guard. Yeah, the, the guy that was taking the pictures with uh, Schleierk and stuff. Well, Jesse, that guy's a guard. Jesse, Jesse Davis is the guy from Idaho. He's a guard and tackle. He's played tackle before, yeah, too. He's he played, yeah, but he played guard, though. That's what he came in the Okay, as. Okay, that's Playing fine. Guard. I think he's a bright spot. And then who, who's the tackle that, that played tackle? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I forget his name. I know who you're talking Jesse about. Jesse Davis, now. is that his name? No, that's not Jesse Davis. No, that's, I don't he think played so. Guard, no, the Idaho guy's team? the guard. Yeah, okay. the Idaho guy, guy came in to play guard. I don't, I don't know. I know who you're talking about, but I, I don't know his name off the top of my head. That's not the young, right? Is it Sam Young? Yes, that could be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. That's the kid from Notre Dame? Yes. That's the kid from yeah. Notre Dame? Yeah, I, I thought he looked pretty good. So. You know, like not, not yeah. great, not great, but I'm just saying, like it seems like there's a little bit of bright spots and stuff that maybe, you know, the the line, you can make a couple moves and it will come together and, uh, you know, uh, whatever. We'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. I'm not going to get too excited over it. I'm just basically, you know, saying that it is what it is. And then also, you know, let's not forget, you know, take a quick break. We come back. Kenyon Drake, best game of the year, looked very good uh, rushing the ball, so I want to talk a little bit about that. So let's take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, let's address uh, Miami Dolphins' running game, which looked very good yesterday. 
right back after this. Second and nine and throwing sideline, and he has the record. Irving Flyer on the catch. Dan Marino has now thrown to more yards than anyone else in the history of the National Football League. Hey, this is Dan Marino. You're listening to the Pacatella Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello. Miami Dolphins Legends Show, Pac Tello, Rich Van Zandt, broadcasting live as we recap the Miami Dolphins' 35-9 victory over the Denver Broncos. And just a reminder, catch us on iTunes. Uh, just go uh, Pac Tello Show right into the iTunes uh, store, and you can uh, subscribe to our, our uh, radio show and get us uh, every new show delivered right to your phone. You can catch all the archives on that. And uh, feel free to send us any questions, comments, or what have you at uh, Pacatello Show at yahoo.com. Uh, Rich, as we had said, the um, the Miami Dolphins uh, running game 
was pretty good. Uh, Kenyon Drake, 120 yards, and he had a 40-plus a uh, yard run, and, and he looked pretty good in the game. He does have speed. We've, know, we've known that. We've talked about his speed. Um, I, I don't know what it means as far as, you know, uh, your running game in the future, and, and we've talked – plenty uh, about the uh, Jay Ajayi trade, but I, I think he has settled in to, to looking like a decent back that you can certainly establish something with. Well, is he going to be durable? Is he going to be a guy you can give the ball 25 times a game to? I don't know if he's built well, like that. Well, you know, we talked about that's the, we talked that's about the problem. That you know what the main ago. problem I that I have with him? No, he didn't do it yesterday, but you know, the fumbling is a big issue with this kid. It was has well, been. Well, that I don't know. He had the one turnover, obviously. He had the one fumble after you had said it. Um, it, it hasn't really established itself as a dolphin, but uh, apparently you're saying in college he had a, a, a fumbling problem, right? Yep. I mean, there's been a couple instances with the Dolphins, but nothing major. Uh, but he did have one big well, he turnover He turned the ball over year. twice, right? Didn't he turn the ball over twice last week? This year? Yeah. Well, last, um, I thought one game he had two, didn't he? He may have, yeah. What was that? I'm trying to think of what game that was. Was that the Saints? The Je- I don't remember. No, I what think game it was it recent. Was. It was more recent. It was after the Ajayi trade. Uh huh. And uh, it was one of those games. I don't remember. Yeah. They all blended yeah, to one nightmare to me. You know. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. But yeah, I I, I do remember the fumble. So it, it, you know, and if maybe it was two of them, but uh, it was it was a costly turnover too. Um, yes. There's no doubt about it. But, yeah, putting that aside, yeah, we'll have to see on that. And as far as his body holding up, we'll have to see on that, too. We we had talked about that a few weeks ago, and, and wouldn't you know Damian Williams is the one who goes down with the shoulder injury. Right. So now you're already down to one. And, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't know if Drake's body's going to be able to handle it. And, and also keep in mind that you're not in the beginning of the season, so he's handling no. it from week week 10 out, you know. And he also, uh, so, he used to said, like, I think he got 24 carries or something, and he thinks that in high school he may have carried the ball once 25 times. Like, he's yeah, never touched the ball that much. High, you know? Yeah, this was a so high. So, that's not, not usual. You know, it's very unusual for yeah. him. It's uncharted territory, and, you know, usually yeah. when that happens, it doesn't result well as it goes on. So, uh, that is something to keep an eye on. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you also, you know, you you played uh, you played Denver. You know, you'll say, well, you got New England coming up. That's not really where I think the big test is going to be because they they don't really they're not such a great run stopping team. Buffalo, I could see as being a, a pretty good test for our running game. Two times we played yeah, them, especially they're always, very, they're always very strong up front. Yeah, and certainly you know playing up in Buffalo is, is you know it's a difficult play, place to play uh, anytime you do that. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Thought the offense ran much better. Than it had run. Uh, Jay Cutler, you know, uh, was able to to do some decent things there. But I must also say, I really thought there was a lot of uh, opportunities that were squandered on the offense. And, there, and there when I say that, uh, you know, some really bad turnovers at bad times. Like you know, coming into that end of that half, you had a 16 or 19 point lead, and then you throw that interception. That's ridiculous. I mean, you got to know where you're at in the game. Okay, you were able to win the game 35-9, so it didn't really come back to haunt you. But you still, on team, like when you're up like that, you can't be giving the ball away like that in field goal range. No. I mean, you gotta, you got to come out with points. You cannot do that. Good teams will eat you alive. And that's why I had but said. I, I cringe when he throws, when he rolls out and he throws back the other way. I cringe. Yeah. The, the ball's like up for grabs and accurate. It's, it's really painful to watch. 
Yeah, good teams will will exploit these problems, and that's why I'm leery yeah. to get too high on it. Because you know, I did see a lot of mistakes during this game. I just seen a team that wasn't capable of taking advantage of our mistakes in the Denver Broncos. So, you know that that's really mm-hmm. where I was going with that. You know, um, so and we'll we'll see. I think everybody knows that the you know the the Jay Cutler scenario has uh you know it is what it is and it's not changing for the rest of the year um you know it's going to be what it is and, and next year will be adjusted i think people have also seen that matt moore was not this great savior so when you look back at that and you really look at the situation now that you've seen matt moore play a lot of games and play terrible in a few of them um when you look at that, right, and you look at the Dolphins' situation, really, what were they going to do? I mean, it was Matt Moore or and a backup that you never heard of, or or going out and yeah, trying the Jay Cutler thing. I mean, it's there, there was no other option really. There was, you know, it's not like there's twenty, you know, quarterbacks waiting on a low tree branch to pick off. There's not. Yeah. I mean, it's I hard enough finding one. It's hard enough finding one if you have a whole off season. You certainly can't find one a month before the season starts. Yeah, I, I agree. You're 100% right on that. And listen, I, I never want I, I never want to take the Dolphins front office off the hook because they're responsible for so much garbage. But in this scenario, oh, yeah. I can understand where they went this way. Now, I'm not condoning the contract. I don't get into the numbers. The numbers are very astronomical in certain places, and his contract is extremely high. But again, I don't think you get him unless it's like that. That's the problem, I guess. You know, look, he knows they wanted him. There's like, on paper, it seemed like a great fix. He knew, you know, Gaze so well. It just didn't work out. Yeah. And, And also, I think that he did not want to play football anymore. I think his mindset, I mean, you know when you you finally come to a conclusion of something and it's like in your head and you settle it in and you, you're, you're content with it and you live with it and, you, you know, you, and then you have to go back to the other way? And I really don't think he wanted to. I really thought he was yeah, done with I never had a situation doing something I don't want to do where they're offering me, you know, nine and a half million dollars more than I would have made. <laughs> you know, I think I can get over that. Uh, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I guess, right. I, and and he did. Yeah, he did. You're right. You're right about that. But I think his heart was never in it, and I think that it. <laughs> but you know, he didn't have to do training camp. That's a huge part of why people can't stand football, right? Like in the in like when oh, you yeah. know they don't want to. So it's, he didn't have to do worse. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's a big plus for him because he didn't have to go through all that nonsense. And so you know. Uh, and I guess that helped make the decision there, and the money was, you know, as astronomical compared to what, you know, it would have been outside of football. And, and so he did it. But, um, you know, all the negative things that could have happened, it seems like, came to fruition at certain times. And, you know, and they were able to still get some wins. But um, I, I guess what you should be looking at this season is, is trying to not have a losing record. And so when we go back to the 3 and one Four and zero, zero and four, you know, one and three, and all the scenarios for the next four games. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, isn't it? I mean, you really need three wins to not have a losing season. Yeah, it's true. You got to win three out of four to become eight. And put the the football playoff picture and all that nonsense aside. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And how many six and ten, seven and nine seasons have the Dolphins had in recent times? A lot of them. Too many to count. 
I mean, it seems yes. like losing losing records were the norm under the Philbin era and all this. And you made the playoffs, you know. You get a little bit of a pass because of some of the injuries that went down that you maybe you weren't going to perform to the same level this year. But let's face it. I mean, there was a lot of times when this team just looked – very poorly coached and not together, and the Adam Gase gestures and the sign language, uh, the, the the body language, just really just dictated uh, unhappiness on that team and in that uh, locker room, right? Uh, the team's in disarray. I don't care about yesterday. You know, the, you can't sugarcoat it. Played a really bad team. We had a good day, but the team's still in disarray going forward. You can't yeah. you can't tell me any differently. There's a lot yeah. of aspects of this team that needs to be changed. Yeah, but uh, the question is, you know, what is going to be changed, uh, you know, and, and at what level? And I think we both – Not as much as we want to be. No, I, I don't think much at all. i got to be honest with you, I don't think much at all. I think that Adam Gase is going to be back next year. Uh, and so – and I don't think there's going to be much change in the front office. So I think what you're going to look for is player changes. I think that's where you're going to see most of the changes. Well, we definitely need that. There's no question. We need front office changes. We need scouting changes, and we need player changes. There's a there's a lot of dead wood on this team. There's no question yeah. about it. It will be interesting to see what actually comes to fruition when it plays itself out. And that that's going to be interesting, you know, because uh, there are a lot of things that need changes and in a lot of areas. And but exactly what they will address and in what way. I don't know. And my biggest, you know, problem is... I gotta, I gotta think that if if Gaze doesn't get fired, don't you think that both coordinators are probably on the hot seat? Um, you know, it's funny because Burke has gotten a lot of accolades this year as the first-year defensive coordinator. And I don't know why. Because I really have not been happy. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. And so that's going to be interesting to see if they actually make a move and replace him because he has gotten, like I said, a lot of praise for what he's done this year. And and I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's necessarily been warranted, if you will. So uh, I don't know. I mean, as far as he goes, um, it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if uh, if they make a, a big move like that, right? Now, if we go and you look at uh, the offensive side of the football, that's Clyde Christensen, I believe, is the offensive coordinator. That's it. That's who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, we both know that Gase is supposedly the quarterback guru, and he's the one who's pretty much calling the plays and stuff like that. So I can see a move there because you always need a scapegoat. And uh, I can see him being the scapegoat. And uh, when, you know, Tannehill, if if and when Tannehill comes back and if they go that direction, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, The the one thing this year, uh, more than anything else, to me, has been, you know, Ryan Tannehill, and I look forward to seeing him hopefully back in the Miami Dolphins uniform playing, you know, playing football uh, for the Dolphins. I mean, because I really think that you appreciate him more than maybe you had in the past. I mean, I always liked the guy, but I think 
I think the offense and the way it's designed with the movement and stuff like that, these two quarterbacks really have not been able to to do that. And so, uh, you know, I, I look forward to seeing maybe how that goes and if it continues in the direction that they seem that they were heading at a certain time. But I don't know. Uh, you know, there's a lot of factors that factor into that, and we'll see. We'll see how it is, and and you know, um, the you know the, your tight end situation. Uh, although Thomas Thomas had a very good game, but again, it's against this old team, and sometimes they yeah. seem like they get up, and you know, they get up for the moment, and he did. He had his best game of the best best game of the year, but it's against his old team, one of his old teams, and and uh, you know, so I think that that's a factor, but. You know, I'm not happy with the tight end situation. Well, Fasano, I hear, is going to retire. I heard that. Yeah. I think Fasano so was then... retiring before he got the phone call from Mike Tannenbaum. <laughs> you, know, you know what's insane? Like this Marquise Gray that they in love with, right? They don't, yeah, yeah. All they do is bring him in the block once in a while as a fullback. Yeah, yeah. What's the wrong with him? The guy does nothing. Yeah, doesn't do much at all. I know. It is kind nothing. of crazy, right? It yeah, doesn't make any sense to me. You know? Oh, we have Marquis Gray. He's like Charles Clay. Yeah, he's like Charles Clay in Buffalo. Not there. What's he doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's true. It's very I, I, just true. Don't, I don't understand the fascination. I don't understand the fact that he never plays. Charles Clay, by the way, much better, much better than I thought he would ever be as a as a tight end. Like much better than I ever thought he would be up there. Well, like I thought that was a, bro. Come on. Yeah, he, he graduated. graduated. But even when Rex Ryan made that move, I thought it was a little bit of a foolish move. I thought he was really yeah. – uh, but he has turned out to be a pretty pretty decent ball player, and he's still there yeah. well after Rex Ryan's there. So I give him that, you know. But you're right, Marquise Gray, I, I, they, you know, some of these guys, they're so high on getting, and, and it doesn't seem like they even utilize them, you know. So it, it, it is a little bit strange. You know? It's a, a captainless ship. It's just, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a captainless ship in the in the fog, just drifting. You know, it's just drifting. It's drifting, it's drifting away. It's just, it's just, <laughs> there's no direction. There's no, there's no goals. I, I don't know. I don't. There's no way they can have any kind of cohesive plan because it, what what they've bunched together makes no sense. Yeah. Well, they certainly have their problems, and uh, there's, like I said, there's other teams in the league that certainly have uh, their problems as well. One of them uh, was the New York Giants, who are having an abysmal year, and uh, they just fired their head coach, Ben McAdoo, after he made a very controversial decision and uh, benched Eli Manning, stopping the uh, consecutive streak. Uh, this week, and so now he's gone, and it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out as well. So we'll take our last break, and uh, we'll look around the league when we come back right after this. This is Don Shula. Happy to be on the Pat Catello Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello.
Welcome back to the Miami Dolphins Legends Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello, joined alongside Rich Van Zant as we uh, wrap up the Miami Dolphins uh, Week 14 victory over the Denver Broncos, 35-9, to their most convincing uh, win of the season. But as me and Rich have pointed out, still a lot of problems with this team and, and uh you know, uh, nothing to start getting too excited about, I guess. Uh, we talked about the rest of the league, and uh, there are a lot of teams in disarray. Some teams are starting to get it together. One of them is the Kansas City Chiefs, who we play in a few weeks, and they seem like they've just lost all the mojo they had to start the season at 5-0 and or 6-0 and or whatever they were. Another team is the uh, the New York Giants, who... Uh, not only in disarray, but before Ben McAdoo leaves, Rich, he leaves a parting present by uh, <laughs> destroying uh, the, the uh, consecutive streak of what you believe is the best quarterback the franchise has ever had. Two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. That That's indisputable. Uh, but now, uh, you know, one game, he ruins that, he's out the door, and so is Jerry. Well, remember when we were talking last week and I said, like, there's no way – that, like, you know, I'm, I was shocked that the Maris and Tushin didn't step in and stop this. So, obviously, they weren't on board with it, right? If they're yeah, firing I, them today, they, you know, they won yesterday, right? Well, no, they listen, did lose. I'm a, sorry. They, they, they lost. But, they lost. But, but seriously, though. Yeah, we've Go talked ahead. about I'm this. Sorry. I have a I, no. I, we've talked about this, and I agree with you. I do have a different theory, though. I do believe that somebody in that front office was okay with the decision because I don't think Ben McAdoo would have been able to do this completely on his own, considering that they were willing to fire him the next week. So I don't think he had enough control and power that he was going to be able to make this move without somebody in the organization agreeing with it. Now, what my sources tell me is that it's Steve Tisch who seemed to maybe be on board with it because Tisch was the one who was the guy who went out and and got Geno Smith to be their backup, which I thought at the time was a little absurd. I really didn't see that move coming. It didn't seem like he fit into that offense properly. Uh, we, me and you had talked about that when it happened. Like, really? Like, I was surprised. And so my theory is that by him doing this, if you're looking to move on from Eli Manning in the future, and I don't mean right now, but maybe after this year, if you don't want to pay him, and I don't know what his contract situation is, but I think it's kind of coming up. And if that's the case and you want to move on from him, well, Ben McAdoo just made himself the scapegoat for that. And even if he then comes in and plays again, you've already basically introduced the, the post-Eli Manning era. And so now you're able to move on much easier yeah, the post, than you would have been. The, po- the post-Eli Manning era is not going to be Geno Smith. No, 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 that's my point. That That's my yeah. point. I don't think that they would have done this unless the future you're looking to get away from him. And then maybe you don't want to re-sign him to another long-term contract. Eli Manning's going to play it's football possible. in the NFL. He's going to play football in the NFL next year. Well, now, no now I heard he's going to start this week. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it matters. Because even if he starts this week and plays the rest of the games, you've already introduced the post-Eli Manning era to the Giants. You've already went yeah. through that. You've already done it. So if then you go into contract, do you know what his contract situation is at all? It does not. It's not up after this year. I know he's got a $5 million roster bonus for um, March or something like that that they have to pay. 
but he's definitely on the contract for next year. But you know they can release him. I think they can release him before the contract bonus. Yeah, if it's that high, too. I just think yeah. that this kind of opens up the door for them to maybe do something like that or maybe trade him. I could see that, too. I could see them trading well, don't you him. Think if they finish, you know, they're going to they're gonna be in the running to draft a quarterback, how bad they're yes, going to be this big year. big time. Big time running. That's yeah, why I think so. I think they thought about that, and I think they've already considered that we're going to draft a quarterback. The, and move, maybe... the move last week just makes no sense to the extent where like, they, have a, they have a rookie in the camp. So wouldn't you start him? Like, to start Geno Smith makes no sense at all. And like I said, Tish said, blame me because I didn't stop it and I could have stopped it. That's what he said today. But obviously, looking back on it, they were they were disgusted by the move. That's how it seemed to me today. Because why would you fire McAdoo for making a move that you agreed with? Because it looks good public Reese. relations Remember wise. Reese went too. Yeah, because it looks good public relations wise. And it helps you now when you go into the off season to do what you maybe wanted to really do. I mean, you know how these guys are. They they play both yeah. sides against the middle. Um, listen, I'm not saying that they were 100% on board with it, but I just think that somebody, somebody up top was on board with it enough because this guy didn't have the power to do that on his own. I don't believe he did. What coach has the power to do that on their own who's about to get fired? Now, if they won this game, you're saying he didn't get fired? I mean, they didn't lose by much. They played fairly well. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand the whole thing. Uh, my my thing sense. is, like, if you're him, why would you do it? Because you're, you're, uh, starting, makes... you're starting a war. You're on death's yeah. door anyway. Why would you even stir it up where, where everybody hates you more? Right? Exactly. It makes That's no why sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. That's why it seems like... You, he was he was stupid enough to put himself on the firing line and make himself the scapegoat. Yeah. And I think somebody up top said, "Yeah, you know what? Go ahead, go do that. Yeah. You, you do that." Uh, I guess. I guess. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I, you know. I, and again, I, I'm not in there, but I don't think he would have the power. What coach that's getting fired the next week has that kind of power to bench no. the franchise quarterback? And and not on the bench him because the guy's got a consecutive game streak. So it's yeah, not it's just a benching; it's a big benching. You're well, basically you taking. I I would take Reese as our GM right now. Get rid of get rid of uh, you know Greer and get rid of Tannenbaum and let him run the team. I would take yeah, that Harpy. I was gonna say you had to think you had to think long and hard about who the who the name GM was for a second, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, we gotta get know. rid of the fake one and the real one. Yes, yes. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, the guy built two Super Bowl teams. Uh, albeit, he built. I, I like the, his, uh, look at his defensive draft picks. You know. Yeah. You know the you know Landon Landon the the, the cornerback. Landon Collins, I mean, you know, Eli Apple. Yeah. 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 No, there, there's no doubt. Listen, the guy built two. Super Bowl championship teams, albeit, in my eyes, two of the strangest Super Bowl teams I've ever seen in my life. Two teams that shouldn't have made the playoffs both times and wound up and beat two of the historically great Super Bowl teams of all time. So yeah. bizarre. No, it makes no There's sense. No doubt. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. But but nonetheless, he's got the credentials, the mantles on and, there. And, I think and, Tom got to draft defensive ends. That's for yeah, damn sure. No, yeah, I, listen. And I think there's a relationship of somewhat 
there with the team, with the Dolphins, with Ross, obviously Tannenbaum in the same building. I don't see him coming in Tannenbaum, but, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, something will come out of it. I don't know, but, uh, but regardless, you know, they felt like, you know, they were going to make that move and they were going to move on, and it does come full circle with, you know, with what we're talking about as far as the Dolphins and, and their picks and, and, and what they're going to do in this coming draft, so, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Rob Gunkowski with a very cheap shot. Uh, thought that there might yeah, that be a that suspension was very, coming. That was disgusting. That was disgusting. It, it really was. I thought there might be a disgusting. He tried to hurt him. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so what is the suspension now? So we got one game. no Grink, no Gronkowski then, right? Yeah, we don't play with Gronk this week, yeah. I mean, we haven't addressed that. We're a Dolphin show. You, you know, at on both. You know, I, I just, that's big. I, I, believe it or not, I'm so out of it. I didn't even put two and two together that we're playing with them this week. When I, you know what I mean? It didn't, it didn't. Cor- that's not like the first thing I thought of because I was thinking of what a lousy head it was. But yeah, we don't get Gronk this week. That's pretty good. Well, the good news is that's why I'm here, and I'll be here for the yeah. end of the year with you. <laughs> <laughs> What's the guy they just heard? That guy Bennett's probably have four touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, isn't it the truth, though? I know. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. We, you know, we get all yeah. giddy over this, and this guy will come in, and he'll eat us up alive, whoever he is. Yeah. Um, no, you know who it is. But, it's Marcellus Bennett. Yeah, Marcellus Bennett's a very good tight end. I mean, he's he's had his moments with you know where you know he can do some stuff, but uh, but it's not Gronkowski. So you're getting a little bit of a break, I guess, in that. Um, you know, I I don't know what you don't have a Gronkowski. Edelman's been out all year. Um, they shouldn't be this powerhouse. Like a, you know, you should be able well, you know, to do something. Actually- Logan's um Hogan's been out for a long time too. Yeah, Hogan's out. Hogan's out too. Listen, I I said this last week on the show, and I I agree. I, I, it, this is the bottom line. The game you just played up in New England was a winnable game. They yeah, had opportunities was. to win that game. They just kept shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, they, yeah, they had bad, opportunities. Really bad turnovers, bad play calling. They didn't play well. It was yeah, terrible. you're right. Now, will yeah. they have and, that same you know, game and the again? the refs never help up there. The refs never yeah, help up that. there either. I don't bitch about the refs, but that was that was one of the worst ref games that I've seen well, in a long, long time. You beat, to beat New England and New England, you have to beat the Zebras, and you have to beat the Patriots, and you, you have do. to beat the Cheatin. So it's Cheatin, Patriots, and the, and, and, you know, and the Zebras. It's not an easy task, and you're 100% right. Yeah. That's exactly what it comes down to. You really have to, yeah. to have to hit every angle. With these guys, yep. it's it's very difficult. If any questionable and, call, it's going their way. It's not it's it's not even close. We've talked about you know them and their Super Bowl aspirations and every year and how just disheartening it is to see the same team every year. And this year, it just seems like they had the easiest lineup they've had in a long time to get to the yeah. Super Bowl. They have I a mean, clear path. There's no question about a it. Clear path, right? I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers yep. are the only team record-wise that seems like they're uh-huh. really in, in a shot. And you know as well as I do. If they go up there, they're, they're going to lay an ostrich egg right on the 50-yard line. You well, know? that's what I know. What I do know is that they're probably going to have to go up there. And what I said have positioning, meaning like maybe they would have an opportunity to, yeah. to get home field, but it's not going to happen. So what's Roethlisberger's record against them? It's abysmal, yeah, right? No. Isn't like Roethlisberger like two and the eight against Brady or something? It's it's really it, bad. It, it's very bad. It's very bad. There's no doubt about it. It's very bad. And uh, when you look at last night, your Philadelphia Eagles 
you know, they're certainly beatable. Uh, you know, and and so I don't know. I mean, hopefully something will pop up. Somebody will start coming together. But boy, I mean, this just seems like every year gets you know easier and easier for this team. And I don't know. Not really seeing anybody being able to to stop them and 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 then when they get there I don't know we'll see hopefully it doesn't turn out that way I mean things change in the NFL injuries can happen but right now uh, the every year we start off on the show and what you want is you're hoping for a change of guard that's what you're looking for a changing of the guard in some way and then we start out and we're like well maybe we could just solidify ourselves as a second place team in the division and it seems like that no. can't even happen you know and no, that's why you get no. just so discouraged and, you know, so... Because, our, because our organizations run like crap. That's what that's what it is. It's run like crap from top to bottom, you know? You well, can't get around that, you know? It's well, not under, it's, underperforming. It's, it's, it's a bad roster. It's put together horribly. It's, it's owned by somebody who wants to host Super Bowls and not be in one. I mean, it's, you know, the whole philosophy of the team is wrong. Well, like I just said, like I, I, I think you're right. Like that's what our ambitions are, but I don't think that that's what their ambitions are. I they think they have care. a different it's agenda. It's all about money. It's all about yeah. money. It's all that well, matters. I mean, what, what owner would be on uh, a five-game losing streak and announce that we're raising ticket prices for next year? That was bizarre. That was certainly bizarre. There's no doubt about it. That was certainly you know? bizarre. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's... And then they wonder yes. why it's half, it's half empty, right? Unarguable, yes. But yeah. they wonder why really. it's empty, though, right? Yeah, and last and you know, last week you certainly seen or yesterday, last night you seen all the empty seats. You know, I mean, it's oh, absolutely. And well, you know, it, it'll be packed for the Sunday night game because no, this will be everybody in New England. Well, you I don't, don't think there's a lot of New England fans coming down for this. Yeah, there'll be a ton of New England bad. fans. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. There'll be a ton of New England fans there. Yeah, I that's what you I mean. Dolphin not, fans. This is their Christmas trip, you know? Yeah, so that's right. It'll be it'll, mobbed. It'll be, it'll be mobbed with Patriot fans. That's exactly yep. right. Well, what a pleasant yep. experience that is for a Dolphin fan to come to your own stadium and you feel like you're yep. at, at Foxborough. And that's exactly yep. what it's going to be like. Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots, uh, even the Buffalo Bills. It almost looks, yeah, like, uh, you know, like uh, like it's the black hole when the Raiders yeah. travel. It's crazy. I know. They're all dressed up and everything in our own stadium. I know. You know? It's, really, it's really ridiculous. I mean, no. uh, it, it, it's insane. So, so yeah, I know you're not expecting much out of this game. Um, and, you know, I, no. I don't know. I'm more curious to see no. if they're going to be able to put something together. But uh, I don't know. Not looking good. <laughs> what are you expecting? Let's hear your optimism. You see, I have none, I guess, but let's see if you might have any optimism. Let me hear what it is. Well, I guess my optimism would be that you have a similar game as you had two weeks ago up in New England, but you're able to actually capitalize on some of these errors and put some points on the board and make it, maybe make it a competitive game into the second half. I guess that's what I'm I'm hoping for. 
Guys, say good luck. Go ahead, give me a good luck. Good luck. Show. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> hoping it's not a total blowout in the second quarter. You know? <laughs> I hear you, and I can't guarantee that it's not. But <laughs> Before I have my my halftime snack, I'm not upset. My stomach's not upset. Believe <laughs> <laughs> we'll on that. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week, and hopefully, we'll uh, have some good news to report. Thanks for really? joining us. Took a look down a westbound road Right away I made my choice Headed out to my big two-wheeler I was tired of my own voice Took a beat on the northern plains And just rolled that power on Twelve hours out of Mackinac City Stopped in a bar to have a brew Met a girl and we had a few drinks and I told her what I decided to do. She looked out the window a long, long moment and she looked into my eyes. She didn't have to say a thing.